Oh, and welcome to the Kumi Sheree podcast. We are so glad to be back with you. I am Kish Kumi Price. I'm Dina Sheree. And we are joined today by a very special guest, Dr. Matisa Wilbin. And we're so yeah. excited to have you. Um, I guess yeah. <laughs> I guess we should start by saying that um, in her intro, just so you know, she's an amazing woman of God. We know her as a sister. And um, we're just excited to have her to join the podcast today. Um, she is a sociologist by trade and a minister by assignment. And we're just so grateful for the work that she continues to do and um, her work that evolves just by her listening to the the voice of God and, and being obedient. And um, just to name a, a few of the things that I think you guys should tap into, um, she has written a book called Undefeated and it's Prayer Never Loses. So we'd love for you to check that out. It's um, available on Amazon. Uh, and I'm sure if you um, also follow her, you'd be able to get these uh, resources as well. And then she also did a wonderful TED talk called Good Grief. So we'd love for you to check that out. And at the end of our podcast, we're going to give her some time just to plug any events that she has coming up and things that she wants you guys to tap into. But to get started, so this is going to be an interesting discussion because a lot of times people don't like to talk about grief, but this is this is uh, the time, right? Because we have noticed that um, a lot of people have lost loved ones. We are in the season that would be um, heightened for seasonal aff affective disorder, which is basically with the changing of season, sometimes your um, mood can um, be altered. Mm -hmm. uh, and so we really think it's a, a good time to talk about this. And we hope that you all are prepared to go on this journey with us. And I'm going to start with just just an opening question for you, Dr. Matisa. If you could share with us, you know, um, I know you mentioned in your your TED talk, um, the other side of grief. And, you know, we can talk about the stages like I know uh, many of you may be familiar with the stages of grief. Um, mm -hmm. but what what does that even mean when we say the other side of grief? Like, how can grief be good? Mm -hmm. First of all, hi, ladies. I'm so <laughs> glad to be here. <laughs> it feels like it feels like a family reunion. Um, it you does. Know, obviously, we follow each other on social media, but it's been a long time since we've been in the same space. So I'm glad to be here with y'all today. I love what you're doing. I love the podcast. This is amazing. Um, and I really Thank am you. appreciative to be able to come in and have this conversation because to your point, um, there are lots of things that cause us grief. There are some things, you know, I really believe that a lot of us are walking around in grief and we don't even realize it because we're not uh, appropriately identifying it. But especially yes. in the church, one of the things that I've seen having grown up in the church is I've not really heard a lot of sermons, had a lot of conversations, Bible studies or anything around the topic. And yeah. so for me, though I've dealt with a lot of loss, um, both in terms of losing people, but also just life circumstances. In 2017, I had to really confront my own grief when my mother passed away. And I'm sure mm -hmm. we can talk about that more later, but at the outset to your question, one of the things God showed me as I confronted my own grief was that grief when done well is healthy and it's necessary mm -hmm. and yeah. it can take us to a place of gratitude where the loss of a loved one 
certainly the absence is felt, you know, grief comes in waves. There are times when I get emotional and I'll have to step back and say, what's going on? Well, it's an anniversary or there's a trigger or something has happened, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. I am still able to live a happy and whole life, even though my mom is no longer here. And what I've seen in my experience, even in talking about grief, is that there are really a lot of people where grief literally has them in a chokehold, like they can't move on. It's impacting relationships, it's impacting jobs. Mm -hmm. But I'm here as a witness that God can give us um, good in our grief, that we can discover new things about ourselves, that we can have memories that can help even propel us on if we look at grief appropriately. That's so good. (laughs) Dina, I see you over there chewing on this. Do you have (laughs) a comment or question? Yeah, you know, I think when you you talk about this topic, right, obviously we're, you know, we think about immediately family, loved ones, right? But like Matisse said, grief comes Mm -hmm. in so many different ways, you know, losing a job, you know, all other types of facets. And and so, you know, you step yeah. back, you think about yeah. what, 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 how am I grieving in my life? I mean, literally, Kish and I just had this conversation before, like this morning, and we were just talking and, and Kish was like, you know, it's really probably just grief. <laughs> like, we're really talking about grieving some of the, of the things that have happened in our lives and how it's changed mm-hmm. and we're no longer able to do this, no longer able to do that. It looks differently. And it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's. It's so good because you're, I mean, you're absolutely right. I can't think of a sermon, a message, you know, that I've heard that was, that was talking about grief, right? And how do you do that? And how mm-hmm. do you do it the way the Lord, mm-hmm. you know, um, is with you? I mean, we all know the scripture, right? Like we have a greater hope. We don't yeah. grieve. And you're like, well, okay. And what? <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> Give me more. I need, Practically, I need more than that. that like, yes. yes. Practically help me walk this thing out because, you know, like mm-hmm. the loss of my sister, having cared for her for seven months, cancer, and for her to pass away was like, you know, the very next day I had went from taking care of this person all day, every day, consistently for months. And the very next day was nothing. Yeah, I didn't have to go to the yeah. doctor. Mm-hmm. I didn't have to call her. I didn't have, it was nothing. Yeah. And so then t- what mm-hmm. do I do in that moment? <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. And so I'm right. so grateful to be having this conversation um, because, you know, seven years later, I'm absolutely different, but, you know, people who went through something last month, you know, yeah. last week, you know, they need to mm-hmm. be armed as to what they can do at this point and how they can see God mm-hmm. through this stage of loss. That's right. And it's interesting mm-hmm. that you mentioned, um, you know, caring for your sister and I resonate so strongly with that because i cared for my mom and also cared for my younger brother who died two years ago. Actually, the anniversary of his death is tomorrow. Um, so wow. I was, was walking this morning. I was like, wow, what an interesting thing, God, that you would l- allow me to have this conversation, you know, on the, on the anniversary of his passing. But the thing I was thinking about is it isn't just the grief sometimes. It really is the circumstances that surround it. So I was replaying everything in my mind because I was, I took care of my brother for a month. He was in the hospital, but I was there with him every day. I took care of my mom for months before she passed. And so you're not just remembering the transition, but you're remembering everything leading up to it. And, you know, I could still hear sounds and I could hear the beeping of the the tubes and the, the, all of the things happening in the hospital. So it's, it's learning how to deal with all of these things. Um, And, 
I, I thank God that I had God in my mind. I'm thinking, mm-hmm. I don't know how people do it who don't mm-hmm. have him. Um, and so I, I encourage folks, if you don't know God, like he, he was a ref, everything that the scriptures describe him as he became that in real time for me. And yeah, yeah. I'm grateful to have had those experiences. I was actually preaching this past Saturday and I said, you know, we love the scripture that talks about wanting to know God and the power of his resurrection, right? We want his spirit. We want his strength. But there mm-hmm. aren't many of us who think about the fact that we also need to know him in the fellowship of his suffering, right? Yes. And it was in that yes. suffering season where I had, I had a God that I could lean on when I was exhausted, when I was tapped mm-hmm. out. When I, let mm-hmm. me tell you all this. When my mom passed away, we um, had her funeral. She passed away at the end of April. We ended up having her funeral in May, beginning of May. I preached at a mother-daughter tea two weeks after we buried her. Wow. My God. Now, to be honest, in the moment, I was like, oh, this is strength. This is God, right? And it it was. I couldn't have gotten through it without him. But the reality is, I wish I had had somebody to say, Matisa, cancel that, that engagement. Mm-hmm. Take two months yeah. off and do nothing. Yeah. And and I don't fault anybody, but mm-hmm. I choose to to give those examples because that's mm-hmm. that's what I tell other people. Take the mm-hmm. time off because when the cla- mm-hmm. casket closes, a lot of times people are like, Okay, let's get back to work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, they'll mm-hmm. let you they'll let you have your grief period for a week or two, but you don't even yeah. begin to grieve really. Until the, the, the moment comes where you realize, oh, this, you know, Dina, to your point, oh, this has really happened. My life mm-hmm. now, I'm going to have to learn how to live, not just without that person, but without the schedule or without. So I said a lot, to, but I do want to say this. I had to learn that it is appropriate and it is okay to grieve. People will live on. Things will go. They could have found another preacher. But Mm -hmm. I thought I was doing the right thing. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. And it, you know, I wonder um, about when we talk about the uh, different stages of grief that we feel, right? And giving Mm -hmm. uh, labels to that, right? Like the Mm -hmm. denial phase and then um, anger, you know, feeling Mm -hmm. anger Mm -hmm. and um, bargaining, right? Where Mm -hmm. you're... Mm -hmm almost wishing time would roll back or if it could have been me instead of them or something like that. Um, A lot of uh, survivors uh, guilt is built into that phase. And then um, uh, depression, right. Which becomes a real thing Mm -hmm. um, for Mm -hmm. many and then acceptance. And what I remember when I first started learning about the stages um, through my counseling program, and I was just like, I don't really know if I agree with that. But it was because I was seeing them as stages, as if it was some kind of progression, like you, you know, walk through and it's yeah. really not right. Like it's it's literally saying at any point in time and any hour of the day, <laughs> you can go through all of all of those can all touch of you in them. different ways. Yes. Sure. Yes. Sure. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and I just wonder, you know, as we talk about this, really situating God, right? Because as as you mentioned, uh, Dr. Matisse, like 
God being in a place where he was a rich resource for you in that time um, of, of dealing with, you know, the death of loved ones. But Mm-hmm. I know there have been times as believers that we've believed for a different result um, for our loved ones. And it's almost like there's a, a healing that needs to happen in that space after, you know, you've been believing and, and um, just standing firm and, you know, trusting, believing this is going to change. Their situation is going to change. They'll be healed. They will, you yeah. know, believing in that resurrection power that we have. And then mm-hmm. seeing it play out in a different way, right? Where that healing is taking place in heaven is not taking place here on earth. And, um, yeah. you know, I just, I, I want to pause there to get your reflection on um, just how to encourage people who have been on that journey, maybe in that journey right now. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I definitely, I definitely went through that myself. I mean, my mother was a woman of faith. My mother was someone that God actually used as he was, he's healed other people. And she's been the one that agreed in prayer. And so, and you know, I talk about this in my book, so I won't, I won't go through a lot of it, but this was so poignant for me. My mom was an intercessor's intercessor. I would call her, we would all call her when, when we needed prayer. Mm-hmm. So the months leading up to her passing, um, my mom started calling me because she had her she had cancer and her cancer metastasized. So it went through her body, went to her brain. Wow. Uh, we didn't know it at the time, but it was very painful. And so she would call me and she said, Matisa, I'm having a severe headache. And my mom was so amazing in that she would she would bring me scriptures and she would say, hey, I want you to pray the scripture over me. So I would pray the scripture over her. And God would raise her up and the pain would be gone. And they say that bone cancer is one of the most painful. The, the cancer, wow. you know, even though she had it, the pain would be gone. Or she would be in the bed and wouldn't be able to get up. And she'd say, Matisse, I need you to pray. I need you to fight. And I would pray and God would raise her up. I didn't know it, but mom was teaching me to be the intercessor, right? Wow. We talk about mantles passing, but the mantle yes. passed not by the laying on of hands, not by a prayer shawl. It passed in real time in me learning to pray through one of the hardest situations in my life. And so yeah. when it was time for her to go home, um, she was going to a hospice facility. And I remember she had gotten, you know, labored in her breath and she was, you know, um, transitioning. And we were in the emergency room and she said, it was me, my sister, my husband, and we were holding hands and we were praying over her. And she said, Matisse, I want you to fight, which was, that was our word. Like I'm about to go to war in prayer. And I started praying and God told me very clearly, he said, I'm not going to heal her. I'm not going to heal her this time. I want you to pray that she releases and that she can just go home peacefully. And so there's so much that I could unpack there, wow. but it took, it took a stronger faith for me in that moment to pray, not that God would heal my mom, but that he would take her. Mm. Um, and so I would just say to somebody dealing with, with that, and I've had many people who, who call me and say, my faith is shaken because I prayed and I really believed and I really had faith and God still took them home. For me, ultimate faith is believing in a God who knows all, sees all, and who I trust to make the final decision. My faith 
has never been, you know, I never look at my faith as making God do anything. But yeah. ultimate faith is aligning with his providence, aligning yeah. with his will. It doesn't, you know, it's not easy because we have mm -hmm. our own thoughts and will and what we want, our own desires. But that's why I talk so much about prayer, because it really was laying in the presence of God, pouring out every emotion that I could imagine, crying until there were no more tears, but still mm -hmm. believing that God was able. But if he didn't, he was still good. Yes. So good. And, and it was that experience yeah. that has helped me and shaped me so that no matter what's happened after that, it's not just the passing mm -hmm. of my mom, but it's that experience with God that no matter what I go through, like if I can go mm -hmm. through that, you're going to take me through this. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. I'm so oh. glad that, I mean, I, I just want to, like, there's a part of me that wants to cry because our, our, your testimony, my testimony is very similar to yours <laughs> with my sister. Mm -hmm. um, it, because I, I remember her telling me, you know, I'm sick. I've got cancer. I'm in the hospital. And I, I just was like, okay, are you hungry? Like that, that's the only thing I knew to say was like, are you hungry? Have you eaten? And, yeah. um, and I remember driving home that night cause life was still life, right? I still had to pick Grace up from school. And I remember God <laughs> saying, you're on assignment. And I was like, what does that even mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. sis has cancer. Like, what do you mean I'm on assignment? And he mm -hmm. made it very clear. You have a specific thing. No one can do what I've told you to do. And you can't wow. do what I've told anybody else to do. And I was like, okay. And that's, and that was it for the night. Right. And, mm -hmm. and what that showed up as over a series of months, he would wake me up and some days he would wake me up and say, bring the oil. Mm -hmm. And I would say, okay, I knew something was going to happen at my, during my time with my sister that when he mm -hmm. said, bring out the anointing oil, there's the oil. Right. Yeah. And so we're doing this over a series of months and similar to how you said you would pray over her, your, your mom, and she would return. My mm -hmm. sister did the same thing, would not eat, would not chew, would not anything, prayed over her. And then she was like, I'm hungry. Like immediately, mm -hmm. I'm hungry. Mm -hmm. Could speak clearly because her cancer also metastasized in her brain. It's very similar, right? Wow. All the faculties restored. And I remember yeah. we never knew how sick my sister was. We knew she had breast cancer. We knew it had metastasized. We knew it was in the brain. Mm -hmm. The Friday before she died on a Tuesday, that Friday is when we found out how sick she actually was. Like the cancer had, had, um, compromised almost every organ in her body. We had no idea. I don't know how mm. many, like we saw so many doctors. How did none of the doctors ever have that conversation with us? And I believe wow. that they weren't supposed to. Mm. I believe that mm. God kept us from hearing that from knowing. because we yeah. would have responded based on that knowledge and not the faith yes. in him. We would have responded yes. differently. And so we didn't know mm -hmm. until that Friday. And so, um, so that we can come and um, wow. that Sunday, uh, the Lord wakes me up and he says, I want you to bring the oil. Cause I was, I had, I was going to see my sister. She at this point had, had been moved from rehab to palliative care. And he said, I want you to bring mm -hmm. the oil, which I was very familiar cause that had happened. But then he said, and I want you to fast. And I knew when he said, bring the oil and fast. I knew that I, I didn't have long with her. I knew that he was preparing mm. to take her because there was another level he was requiring yeah. of me. And he had never spoken the, a fast to me during the time I had care for her. 
And so when I tell y'all to labor that mm-hmm. hour, <laughs> didn't I, I was supposed to be at the hospital at wow. nine o'clock. And I was like, maybe if I don't go, maybe if I don't go, <laughs> but I went and, yeah. um, and I, and I had fasted and I wow. prayed and I, you know, anointed her and I prayed over her. It was just me and her in the room. My mom wasn't there. No one was there. And after, honestly, after I finished the prayer and I said, amen, a doctor whom I'd never seen before comes in and says, it won't be long now. And that was on mm-hmm. Sunday. And he mm-hmm. took her home on Tuesday. And so wow. I, I cannot imagine what those seven, eight months would have been like had I not had God. Because yes. he was the strength. He yeah. was, he, he, like, I was a single mom. I still kept my 40 hour a week job, you know, mm-hmm. single parent, like mm-hmm. all the things. And yeah. I took care of my sister full time. Dana, I don't, oh I don't know. I'm going to put this out here because I know part of your testimony with this. And I don't know if you're comfortable sharing. So shut me down if you're not. But um, mm-hmm. I, I thought it was pretty, um, I don't know, just uh, miraculous that what God was leading you to do with her, not in, not in detail, but essentially preparing her to be ready to enter into his presence. And I don't know, I'm saying, I think there's something I I, I would like for you to share a little bit about that, because I think for those that may be caring for a loved one, especially if they're not saved and even if they are, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know what I mean? Like getting prepared. So do you mind sharing a little bit about that? No, I don't mind. It's so funny. I've never shared this on a in a public way, but I don't mind sharing it at yeah. all. Um, so when God said I was on an assignment, I understood what I had been studying, right? And I understood what I believed he was moving to as far as ministry, which is deliverance and which is in healing. Mm-hmm. And so what I didn't know is that I was getting ready to get my first <laughs> testing, right? Through this whole process and the whole, the whole schooling of it. And every time that he told me to bring the oil, it was a part of deliverance. And I remember one of the last times that he had me bring the oil, my sister initially went to rehab just to regain strength, right? Just to kind of start walking. She had her fluids and she just needed to kind of get some physical therapy. And I remember she had a walker and um, she was walking down the hall and it was slow, right? But she was going. And out of nowhere, my sister takes off, like literally running. And I'm like, for one, how are you doing that? And where are you going? And she runs back into her room. And she and so me and the physical therapist are like behind her. And we're like, what's going on? And she says, she says, they're after me. And she says, and they're telling me that I'll die here. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I knew what she was saying. I knew. I understood. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so I knelt. She sat on the bed and I knelt before her. And um, the physical therapist actually knelt as well. And the Holy Spirit said, tell her that she needs to repent and confess. That she needs to go into full repentance. And to be at someone's feet and give her that instruction from the Lord. And then also hear, because mind you, the cancer was in her brain. So we have very touch and go moments, right? touch and go Mm -hmm, moments mm -hmm. where she was with us, not with us, not coherent, not really. 
And God propped her up, right? And strengthened her so much that she confessed, obviously, things I had no idea of her life, right? Wow. Um, wow. And moved her into deliverance before myself and, and, and the physical therapist was there as a witness. And she also was at my sister's feet as my sister went through wow. repentance and deliverance in that moment. And, um, and I feel like that was one of the moments, and there were so many moments like that, to be honest with you, but that was one of the moments that needed to happen because he was trying to prepare her because he is a yeah. holy God. He yeah. said that he prepared mm-hmm. a place for us, but there is a requirement. And I think that, I think that we, I think, and I hate, and I'm not trying to, you know, because people say, well, they were saved. So they're in heaven. Listen, my sister was an evangelist. She had cancer and she was in 90, a hundred degree weather in May. She told us she, we found she had Mm -hmm. cancer in August in May. Thunder of Louisville. She's evangelizing with full blown four stage Mm -hmm. cancer evangelizing. Wow. However, Mm -hmm. listen, it's not about works. You all, it's not about works. It is the grace of God, but he is holy and he requires an unblemished, you've got to be clean. And so even though she had surrendered her life to Christ and and was was in the field working unto him, she still had to get clean. And I really believe Mm -hmm. that that seven months and and what he had instructed me to do was a process of her getting clean and prepared for him to receive her. And wow. that's why he had to hit me so very strong the very the first day that I found out because the work began immediately. And mm-hmm. and I'm just yeah. I'm grateful because had I been disobedient, who knows what that process would have looked like. You know, he mm-hmm. could have called somebody else, I don't know, but he did move her through deliverance. And I like for me being front stage and seeing that, I I know that he took her. <laughs> yeah. I know yes. that the work that he did. I, yes. I know he took her. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I feel like mm-hmm. sometimes yes. to help us through our grief process, we want to say that about people, but we really don't know. We really don't know. Yeah. You know, I'm sure, I'm sure the people thought that, mm-hmm. you know, um, the man on the cross with Jesus was not going to go to heaven. I'm sure they thought that. I'm sure on the ground, they said mm-hmm. he ain't going. Right. Mm-hmm. There's no way. Right. He mm-hmm. up there with Jesus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. we, you know, we can't, mm-hmm. we want to say that to make people feel better, but, but God, God knows. And we do right. have to be cleansed and be made prepared for him so that he can actually yes. receive us. So thank you, Kish, for, for um, allowing me to share that testimony. Cause I, like I said, my family knows about that. Close friends know about that. And um, I don't even talk about the deliverance ministry, but I feel like that's a very necessary point. Deliverance is the children's mm-hmm. bread and, um, right. mm-hmm. and it's needed in the body of Christ. And I feel like mm-hmm. we would much, we would be much better off as kiddos if we functioned and received deliverance more often, to be honest with you. So I absolutely. <laughs> thank you. No, thank you for sharing so that. It's, yes. So good. And it's, mm-hmm. you know, I hope that it, help somebody who's listening to know that if God's calling you to do that, that you listen, that you pay attention to that. And um, it's interesting too, because I I was sharing earlier um, that I woke up this morning and I was, uh, I don't know, brought to the scripture about not grieving the Holy Spirit. And Mm -hmm. 
ironically, we're we're having this conversation about grief today, right? But mm-hmm. it I just want to read this very quickly, but it says, Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and all and evil um, speaking be put away from you with all malice. And that's Ephesians 4, 30 um, through 32. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I I believe it's something to be said about uh, obedience, right? And and really being attentive to what the Holy Spirit, what Holy Spirit is speaking. And um, that's why I think, I mean, I'm just grateful for both of you sharing your testimonies on that. And um, also wanted to talk about the fact that Jesus says that you know, he, because he, we don't have a high priest who doesn't understand our infirmities. Like he knows Mm -hmm. he, he has felt everything, right? Like he knows what we're feeling. He knows what we're going through. And it led me to, um, this, this thought about when we, you know, hear Jesus wept and okay, Mm -hmm. what did, what was he weeping about and what, you know, cause then when you think about it, it's like he, he wept, Lazarus was dead. But mm-hmm. he knew he was going to raise Lazarus from mm-hmm. the dead, right? So would you right. be crying? I wouldn't be crying if I knew that what was going to be on the other side of it. But it says that when Jesus saw Mary sobbing, when he saw her sobbing and the Jews who had come with her also sobbing, he was deeply moved in spirit to the point of anger at the sorrow, the sorrow caused by death. And was troubled, right? Mm. So it was the it was the the fact that that he saw that sorrow in them, he felt that in in them, and mm-hmm. it caused him to weep, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just I I think to me is eye opening when we think about that because I know I I'm, I'm one I I can cry at, at the the mention of something, right? <laughs> but the fact that God right. is that caring and he's that in tune with his own emotions, right? Jesus walking yes. on this earth was that in tune with his own emotions that he could relate to his, his fellow, you know, brothers and sisters here mm-hmm. in a way that he could, um, you know, emote, right? And, and we just, I want to say that because I want to normalize emotions. Absolutely. Right. I want to normalize. You feel what you feel. You cry when you cry. You're you're happy when you're happy. Um, you know, there are certain things you can go from from crying to laughing in a, mm-hmm. in a moment's time. Just thinking about, um, yeah. you know, loved ones are reflecting and being in this place of grief. So I want to mm-hmm. make sure we normalize that so you don't feel like you're going crazy or something because you're having these highs and lows and ebbing and flowing um, through all of this. Um, yeah, let me, let me, I wanted to jump in and and share two things. One is, um, again, Dana, thank you for sharing your story. Um, even about the deliverance and what you went through with your sister before God took her home. One of the things that I talk about and teach people is this concept of grieving without regrets. Sometimes Mm. the grieving is harder because we regret what we didn't say, what we didn't do, you know, to your point, um, you could have, you could have, because of the physical therapist, you could have not obeyed because you were embarrassed or there are many, many reasons why you might not have done what God told you to do. 
And then had she transitioned without you doing that, the regret that you had could have compounded the grief so that the, the grief might not have been as healthy as it as it was because you had all of these things in your mind, like, why didn't I or should I, you know, all of that. Um, in my experience, I know that there are loved ones who, um, because of whatever was happening, they allowed life to stop them from caring from, you know, caring for the individual on yeah. their deathbed. And so now they're the loudest at the funeral because they weren't there when they mm-hmm. should have been. And so there are a lot of reasons. And I do believe God can still heal us from that. You know, I talk about exercises where, you know, you, you literally write a letter to your loved one apologizing. I wasn't there and just releasing yes. it because yes. God doesn't want us, yes. you know, dealing with that guilt as well. Um, but, mm-hmm. but then going back to what you were saying about the um, emotions, I think that is so key. And that's what I mean by, by healthy grieving like crying when you feel like crying. Um, you know, there are these gamuts of emotions. I talk about this in my TED talk. My mom loved um, sunsets and sunrises. And so when she first passed away, when I would see them, um, I would be just devastated. Like, oh, she's not here to see this. And, you know, I remember when she just couldn't physically walk, my brother-in-law at the time took her and put her on his back and just so she could go see it. And, we would be driving sometimes and we would stop and we would look. And so it, it reminded me of, of her absence. But then as I started to heal and, and grieve appropriately, I started seeing these same set sunsets and sunrises and the memory became sweet to me. Like even last night mm-hmm. we were out, my family was out and we were just driving and this gorgeous, beautiful sunset um, appeared. And I was like, y'all, look at this sunset. Had my mom not expressed that, I wouldn't be aware of them in the way that I am now. So although there are times it brought me sadness, now it just brings me so much joy. And and like yesterday I was out walking and it was just so beautiful. And I just looked up to heaven and I just blew a kiss to the sky. I was like, mom, I just feel your presence. Like, I don't know how to explain it, but I was just like, so thankful that she's my mom. So thankful for what she taught. You know, all of these things now are flooding yeah. back to me in such a beautiful, special way that to be yeah. honest, I probably took for granted a little bit too much when she was living. I, I, I mm-hmm. fancy, you know, I, I do believe God allowed us to have such special time together when she was on this earth. But the memories of those moments that I cherish so dearly now are just, they're magnified because she's no longer here. So to your point, there are tears, but there are so many more moments of joy. And I'll say this last thing. I think I said this in the TED talk, but I say this often, you know, I just, I refuse to allow, even with my brother's passing, I had him here for 42 years. I'm not going to allow the one moment of his passing to trump the 42 years that I had him. And sometimes we do that. We live with the day that he died but we yeah. don't think about all of the years that we had prior. And that's, that's important. Mm. My goodness. That's so I, good. You know, I'm glad because you, you see people yeah. often just struggle and they, and they hold on to the day yeah. and you see yeah. them, you know, on Facebook, on Facebook, you can almost feel that pain yeah. and that deep heartache that they're caring for that loved one who died 
three years ago, four years. And it's not about get up, you know, get over it, move on. But right, you, it right. is as if that person died in that very moment again, that they've not mm-hmm. been able to move past it, you know, and, mm-hmm. and it, mm-hmm. and you're right. People do. Absolutely. They absolutely stay there. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. And, and to that stuck there. Yes. And yeah. I, yeah. Not to be insensitive, because I know there may be some folks who are listening who are living this like right now and it's still Mm -hmm. very close to your heart. You probably still mad at God, you know, like you're still trying to figure that out. Um, And Dr. Matisse, I'm glad you said that about the writing letters. Right. Because you even if you don't feel like you can talk to God, even writing out a letter to God about Mm -hmm. you being upset or angry or confused or frustrated, not understanding why, even that Mm -hmm. is healthy. Mm -hmm. Um, I do want to give a little bit of attention to um, seeking help, right? Like, because that is another thing when we talk about um, just kind of, I know we started talking about in the church, maybe not hearing sermons is talking about grieving and um, how to grieve. But Mm -hmm. there's also a very real need to be um, in a space where you can talk with someone um, who can assist a therapist, Mm -hmm. um, pastoral counseling. I mean, just ensuring that you have someone that you can talk to um, freely about everything. And uh, we want to, you know, highlight that because that is a real need. And some people, yes, grief comes in waves. Um, but if it is ever a point in time when we'll say, and this is kind of an arbitrary number, but not, not necessarily a tr- arbitrary timestamp, but if you have been six months removed from an incident occurring and it's still keeping you in this space of, um, not being able to go about your day-to-day functioning, um, you that's that's complicated grief that you Absolutely. need to seek counsel like you need help and um, and not to be, you know, in shame about that or guilty, feeling guilty about mm-hmm. that. Get the help that you need. Mm-hmm. But we Absolutely. we want you to know that it can break you like it can break you. And we're talking to and I'm, I'm just sharing that because you you both know God and have walked with God for a good portion of your lives, right? So you have that assurance and you still felt all the things, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I know that there are some, and as you mentioned earlier, Dr. Matisse, you said, I don't know how people do it without God. Mm-hmm. And so for those who don't have that connection, have not um, given your lives to Christ, then you you could be in a place where it has you bent all the way over. Like you, you can't do anything. You're still, Absolutely. you might still be in the bed. Um, barely can get your clothes on, you know, things that used to be easy brushing, getting up and brushing your teeth is a chore. Like you can't even will yourself to do these things. That's depression. Yeah, that is depression. And that is a part of grief, but get the help that you need, please. Mm -hmm. And, um, if you know someone who's in that space, um, try to help them, um, to walk through this piece because it is, it is real. And, um, life goes on. And that's the most, I think that's the part that is, it's almost disrespectful <laughs> because everybody else is going on, like nothing happened, right? right? Like even right. the people who 
came to support you and grieved with you. Like they're off and vacationing and joking yep. and everything. Yeah. And you are like, this is not life. Like what is happening here? Mm-hmm. Um, but it is right. It is life. And um, yeah. I guess I want to make sure I want to give space um, Dr. Matisse for you to share a little bit more. I know I was, I was really blessed by um, hearing how you shared and passed that uh, tradition on, like how you, how mm-hmm. you allow your mom to continue her legacy to continue to live and breathe through yeah. you and, and your, you know, family. So mm-hmm. if you can share a little bit of that um, with us, I think it would be really good for our listeners. Absolutely. I'm glad you said that about, about therapists. I'll tell you, I have a therapist now and I've been like, I've been walking with the Lord a long time. I believe in the power of prayer. Yes. Um, I believe the, in the power of prayer, but I believe in the strategies of therapy. And so I went and sat with, with a therapist. Oh, it looks like I know. I'm like, no, there you are. Yes, yes. we got you. We got you. Yes. Oh, You're on. Yes. Go for it. <laughs> okay, I'm so sorry. Um, what I was saying is, I went to therapy, and um, it seemed like as soon as I sat down, from the time I sat down to the time I left, tears, crying, like. And I'm, even mm. though, you know, I've been in prayer and I've been with God and all of that, it was just such a beautiful, safe space that I could just let yes. everything out. And even though, you know, I've dealt yeah. with a number of those things with God, it was just good having another person. And I've got friends and other, you know, people that I talk to, there's just something special. They know the questions to ask and it, it just really was a great moment. So I highly encourage therapy. The other thing I would say is, I don't know if you all have heard the book, um, about the book by Dr. Anita Phillips. It's called The Garden Within. Pretty popular now. Yes. But I'm reading it with my book yes. club and I'm telling you, it is a game changer for a lot of people because she talks about the importance of emotions and even gives you know some mm. strategies for kind of what to do with them. So if there's somebody watching or listening and they say, I, I can't even afford therapy, get the book. I'm telling you, it's gonna give mm-hmm. you some really, some mm-hmm. practical things. But one of the things that I talk about in terms of the good that has come out of my own grief is the fact that the same memories that I hold dear and cherish, I can pass them on to say my kids because my kids, you know, they were young when my mom passed away. So they only have, you know, a short time frame of memories with her. And I try to talk about, you know, moments and things that they experience. Some they remember, some that they don't. But specifically the, the sunrise sunset memory um, I would talk about it with my daughter and I'd say, oh, granny loved sunsets and sunrises. And even when, you know, her last sort of months on earth, sometimes Taya would be in the car with us and we'd stop and we'd look at these sunsets and sunrises. And um, when my mom transitioned and I would see them, I would say to her, to Taya, oh, granny would have loved this. Like, isn't this beautiful? And um, tears would be coming down my face or we'd just sort of talk about it. And then after a while, and she's 14 now, but after a while, um, I would find these pictures in my phone or she would send me these pictures of these sunrises and sunsets. So the thing that my mom loved, 
had been instilled in her. And even now we'll drive and she'll say, mom, stop, look at this sunrise. So the beauty, and, and I fancy, you know, that this same, you know, symbolically, this is where mom is. And we're, we're admiring the beauty of, of mom's house now, if you will. And it's not just me, but it's her. And, and we can just share in that yeah. special moment together. So being able to do those things, it takes a minute. You know, I do want to respect the yeah, fact yeah. that there are folks who are really smack dab in the middle of it and you don't know how to get yeah. out. I can tell you, I had moments where I didn't think I would be able to breathe. I had moments where mm-hmm. I would walk into the church. I remember walking into the church and I'm in the pulpit and I'm, you know, just going on, trying to go on. And I had to get to the bathroom. Like if I didn't get to the bathroom, I was going to break down in front of everybody. And I went in the stall and I cried my eyes out. And thankfully, everybody was crying Mm -hmm. in the service. So I came back with red eyes and nobody looked at (laughs) people didn't look at me crazy. (laughs) But to be honest, I really wish that I had. I wish somebody would have noticed. I wish I had been forthright enough to say I need help to be to be honest. Yeah. But I also wish somebody had been sensitive enough to say, are you okay? And that's what I try to do. I, I try my best. Mm-hmm. Like, God, give me that kind of GPS system, that kind of radar, just to pull people aside. And I'll mm-hmm. tell you this last thing, because now y'all got me really going. One of the things that um, <laughs> Dr. Anita <laughs> talked about in the book that I that resonated with me so much, she was given statistics about loneliness. And she was saying, and I'd heard this before, but she was saying, and I, I, I want to get the stat right. Y'all might have to go look it up. But it was something like loneliness and not just being alone, but the, the emotional and mental response to when you're chronically alone yeah. takes several years yeah. off of your life. It is the equivalent of mm-hmm. smoking 15 cigarettes a day. So she was saying for a lot wow. of people, it's not just the grief but it's the isolation and the loneliness that comes from the grief. And she was talking mm-hmm. about a friend mm-hmm. who had lost a, a relative, a mom, she was really close to. And so Dr. Anita goes to her house just to see about her. And the first thing she did was to hug her. Mm-hmm. Takes 20 seconds for the endorphins and all of that stuff to kick in. So she's mm-hmm. hugging this, this mm-hmm. friend and the friend says to her, I think this is the first hug that I've had since the funeral. And she was saying, wow, one thing that we can do just to help mm. somebody else is to incorporate non-romantic physical touch, a pat. Yes. A hug. Yes. And people know yes. me in church. If yeah. I don't do it, I can't, I can't talk to everybody, but if I walk past you, I'm going to hug you. And I've had yes. so many people say that hug meant everything. And I never knew it. Mm-hmm. But I feel yeah. like God, mm-hmm. through my through my experience with grief, God has given me almost mm-hmm. supernatural wisdom just to be able to do those little things that I think is healing for people who are grieving in a number of different ways. Yeah. So I'll stop there. Oh, my yeah. goodness. No, it's that I'm is so, so glad about you that said hug it, all of that. I yes. have a friend. <laughs> yes. Yes. Those factory reset hugs are everything. You need that hug. That just it resets you. <laughs> it does. And let me tell you, my my little guy, um, Micah, 
I love to see it. Every time I pick him up from school, he asks his friends, which they've been kind of coached to do this, but he'll ask, you know, Quinny, do you want a hug? And I've never, I mean, he asks different kids all the time Mm -hmm. and never have any of his friends said no, right? Like they just come in Mm -hmm. for it. And it's because naturally we, we want that. We do want that connection, even at a four-year-old is like wanting that from their Mm -hmm. friends. Right. Mm -hmm. So I, I absolutely, I know we all, if you are a hugger, you used to be like, I'm a hugger and, you know, come in for the hug or whatever. And then COVID kind of wrapped that up for a lot of us. Right. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. just, just being in a space (laughs) where we have those opportunities to connect with people is, is, is so powerful, but, um, this is good. This is so good. I know we could go on. I do want to um, open okay. um, the floor for you, Dr. Matisse, if you want to share um, any ways that some of our listeners can get in touch with you and access resources. I know we shared some in the beginning, but you have some some initiatives that are happening now that you wanted to make sure people are aware Absolutely. of. Absolutely. Well, again, thank you all so much for this space and time. It has been just a pleasure. Yes. I know we could have talked for a lot longer. Um, it's such a, an important and yes. a needed topic. So I'm just prayerful that every listener gets yes. exactly what they need when they need it just through mm-hmm. this, through this podcast. Yeah. Um, so folks can, you know, you can follow me on Instagram, Matisa Wilbin. You can follow me on Facebook, Matisa Olinger Wilbin would love to connect. I'm not really on Twitter or X. Um, I have a, I have a profile, but don't, yeah. don't look for me there. I'm also on LinkedIn. So it's Matisa Wil- Wilbin PhD and I, I do different things. And so that's why I, I um, talk about all of those different, different avenues to get in touch with me. But essentially a couple of things I wanted to lift up. Number one, um, I have a podcast. It's actually, um, a show that's on Envision Radio. It's called Moments with Dr. Matisa, and I talk all things faith, family, and culture. Yes. Yep. So you can you can find me wow. there. Right now, I'm on a series in prayer. It's on Fridays at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So um, I'm actually talking through some things that I wrote in the book, but I'm talking about prayer generally. The other thing is my daughter Taya, who is 14, comes on every last Friday, and we talk about things related to being a teenager and what she wants families and, and parents to know. So that's pretty cool. Cool. That's very cool. Go Taya. I know. I'm so excited <laughs> and proud of her. Um, and then I also just launched a coaching program. We're getting started pretty soon. Um, so if anybody is interested, it's called Disrupt 365. And the whole focus and premise is I'm taking a small cohort of women through disruption. We're being disrupted to disrupt the ideas that we're disrupting um, mindsets, behaviors, and even some external structures um, so that we can live out our fullest potential in God and we can be all that God has called for us to be. So that starts in February, but I'll have Mm -hmm. a second cohort um, in the summer. So if you want information, you're welcome to just reach out. I'd love to give you that information. Um, you can always catch me online doing something or another, whether it's prayer or podcast or whatever. So just follow me on social media and you'll get to know more about what I'm doing. Yeah. Love Thank it. you so much. Thank we you. appreciate you so much for joining us. You are amazing. You. And um, I just, I, I wanted to share too, really quickly, um, because we talked about the different kinds of grief and how it can show mm-hmm. up. Um, 
one of the things that I think some of us, especially if you've been uh, walking with the Lord for some time and um, you may be feeling grief about the condition of our, our world yeah. and, um, you know, how things are playing out. And so I, I really do encourage you all to, to tap into um, the services that she mentioned around disruption, because a lot of that has to do with as, as disgruntled as we are with the current state, God is calling for us to rise up and to continue to work toward mm-hmm. creating a better world um, for you know our kids, for ourselves, for those to come. And so just um, wanted to encourage you all in that. And I think with that, I'm going to pass it over to Dina, if you have any closing thoughts and want to pray us out. I just want to say again, Dr. Matisa, listen, Matisa, wonderful. <laughs> I'm so glad that you... Like, I just, like, I just want to, I'm like, can we just talk some more? I know it's been almost an hour, but (laughs) such a good topic. And, you know, like, these are the things that you need to be able to to effectively war, right? Because many of us get through it, how we got through it. Mm -hmm. And looking back, you're like, Mm -hmm. oh, that's what that was. Oh, that's what that was. Like, honestly, my sister died in January. I met somebody in March and I got married. Mm -hmm. Was that the best time to get married? No, mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm, I know that now. Mm-hmm, Did I know that then? Right. Was there anyone going, "Hey, you know what? You know what? Yeah. <laughs> Try having a good time." You know, and like so, these right. are the things like that we need these tools, yes. right? Because yes. yeah. no one wants to go into depression. Nobody, you know what I'm saying. So I'm just so grateful that you are mm-hmm. you are in this space, in this topic, and mm-hmm. so um, willing and able to really get people through this process in a way that is healthy, that keeps them strong, that they can pass down to others. So just thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. I, I feel like maybe a part two at some point <laughs> needs to be had. Let um, me because know. death is a thing that we all got to walk <laughs> yes. through at some point. That's right. <laughs> oh, that's right. And, yes. I, it's, it, yes. and it would be good <laughs> so to talk we, about other sources of grief because they're like, I'm with you, Dina. My yes, mom passed yeah. away and then I moved to another state mm-hmm. and then I didn't get the job that I think, thought I was going to get. And I was depressed. Like 2017, mm-hmm. I was depressed all year. Yes. So anyway. Yes. Yes. So, okay. So we just <laughs> set the place for part two will come. Guys. We'll, we'll, it's in the wraps. We're going we're gonna to get with part two. But, uh, but again, just thank you so much for your time. Um, and I'd, let's just pray us out and so that we can get on with the, okay. the rest of our day. Yes. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we just thank you for your grace and for your mercy. We thank you, God, that, that we all have specific assignments, but we are called to be knitted together. And so I just want to say thank mm-hmm. you for how you have crafted and how you shaped Matisa Wilbin, thank that you, you have created her in such mm-hmm. a way um, mm-hmm. to be to be for your people, yeah. to help encourage, to help strengthen, Father God, and that she is an open book that That's we may Lord. be able to read her pages, Father God, to to get strength from. So God, I just want to say a special prayer yes, over her God. and her family and the ministry that you have gifted unto her, Father God. Thank yes, you so Lord. very much. Thank you for our listeners, um, the ones that are hearing mm-hmm. this today, the ones that will watch it on YouTube, Father God. We ask that a blessing be upon them, Father God, because even though they may not be going through a yes, uh, physical death, Father God, they may be grieving in some other way in their lives, Father yes, God. God. And maybe if they're not doing it now, mm-hmm surely something will happen in our life where this will come and the enemy will try to make this um, be something that it should not be, Father God. So God, let what happened today, Father God, be the foundation of, of, of 
of your listeners, your people, and even non-believers to be able to go through grief in a healthy way. Good yes, grief, God. as Dr. Matisse calls mm-hmm. it. Yes, so we God. just want to thank you. We adore you. We mm-hmm. worship you. In Jesus' name mm-hmm. we pray. Amen. 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 Well, thank you, everyone. Um, Please pass this on to somebody that you think could benefit from it. Like, share, subscribe, and we look forward to seeing you next time. Bye, everybody. Kumi Sheree. Kumi Sheree. (laughs) All right. Very cool. That was good.